Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, April 17, 2008. Spring is ever-present, the blossoms are flourishing, and the light is raiding upon you today. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, leader, and spiritual teacher. I am honored to have on the show tonight Taylor Wilshire. Her path has included both corporate success as well as a spiritual quest formerly the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for a Fortune 500 company, and later the founding of her own marketing consulting firm. Taylor has always held an intense interest in writing and spiritual development. After studying theology for 20 years, she became an ordained minister in 1991 and has taught seminars based on A Course in Miracles, a workbook focused on spiritual and personal growth. Taylor is a noted motivational and inspirational speaker that has appeared at colleges and on corporate symposiums. Taylor has witnessed the transforming power of spiritual quests in her own life, which has inspired her to share her experiences in her latest novel, The Book of Mom, with the pink and white cookies. (laughs) Taylor, tell me the premise of The Book of Mom. Well, like you said, the Book of Mom, first of all, thanks so much for having me on your show. Oh, Um, thank you for being here. My pleasure. The Book of Mom is a novel, and the best way to describe it as far as a category, it's what they call self-help fiction. So it's a fictional story about a mom who crashes, burns out, loses her passions to life, and how she gets it back through self-help tools, through counseling, and through the love of her best friend. So that's kind of like the 10,000-foot description of A Book of Mom. But it's really about the, you know, the evolution of how we get to a place sometimes when we're stuck in this very distracting world of emails and, and you know, texting and DVD players in our cars now and how we can become grounded and, and kind of listen to the answers within. Um, but we can go into the self-help pieces, but that's pretty much kind of a overall of what the book is about. Yes. You know, what I really found was exciting is it offers a lot of hope, a lot of inspiration, and it was extremely re- relatable for for all people. So this book is not just for moms, although it does capture the experience of a mom and the, the inner world of what a mom encounters daily in the balancing act. But I find this book really captures life and its multifaceted challenges, including love and fear and friendship, growth inner sustainability, authenticity, truth, and of course my favorite element is the revelations, the quotes that you began each chapter with from the wisdom from A Course in Miracles. It was just a beautiful tone to lead into the story each each chapter. So just a great, great novel it captures so much, so much, and I think that everyone can really gain from what you've really offered in this second book. So I'm really excited to talk about it tonight. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. so generous. Thank you. you. Well, the Book of Mom really came from a place of, um, before I had kids, I felt pretty together. I felt pretty balanced, and 
after I, I had kids, I felt really scattered. I felt really, for the first time, I thought, you know, what are my passions of life or to life? Where, where is my breath? And why am I so distracted? And why am I such a crazy person? And so for myself, I did a lot of research in that, in, in, for this book, actually. Um, the the main character goes into counseling. Actually, it turns into marriage counseling and, look, and really learned a lot about cognitive therapy because I wanted the reader to feel like, you know, if that's something they desire, they're going to get free therapy, um, along with being entertained. I mean, in this day and age, it's crazy for, for me and I think for a lot of people. We're, you know, we're in a war, you know, we're in a recession, um, there's a lot of things that are distracting us, I think, from, from for day-to-day living and being present in the moment. And for moms, I think it's very easy to be distracted because you can't always finish a sentence and you can't always complete a task without being interrupted. So I really wanted something that would be light and funny and entertaining. I really wanted the book to be, you know, funny, but, you know, have a lot of really practical things as well as things that maybe you don't have time to go out and seek. Um, and like you said, like A Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles, I love A Course in Miracles, you know, the book from Shifting Fear to Love. But it is 1,100 pages long, and parts of it are in, in iambic pentameter, so it's heavy and it's intense, and not everybody has that kind of time. So I wanted to take some of the core beliefs and intertwine it in the book in a, in a like you said, a relatable but fun way. And you did an awesome job. It was very lighthearted. And, again, it's so relatable. It's like it's a real-life scenario. And, and I, you know, I'm personally not a mom, but it was like, okay, I can relate to trying to balance this with that. And then, okay, what would Tate do without her therapist right away? That was the first <laughs> thing I saw. <laughs> I was like, she is so thankful for that therapist. And, and of course, we, can, we all can relate to that at different points in our lives. So it was just awesome. And, and I think also the emotional experiences of being human were really brought out. Um, through the character in the book in a very, again, relatable fashion that it just really validates the human experience. And, and again, I just commend you for doing such a fun job. And The Course in Miracles is a hefty book. It's really, like you say, you have to really be ready to get your study boots on. (laughs) (laughs) And you're able to bring the wisdom into the book through everyday experiences, which is the most valuable way to really offer it to people. Oh, thank you. That's really generous. I appreciate that. Yes. You know, but you know, I think what, what you know, we talk about heavy lifting and putting it in a light way, and um, I think the the thing that you know we we all tend to do, and I'm of course projecting out myself, is that when we are distracted, it's hard to stay present in the moment and take that breath and take care of us first. And I think that is something moms do is that they forget to take care of themselves first. And and if you don't, it's just, you know, the analogy in the book and the analogy to life is if you're not taking care of yourself first, it's like a plane crashing. And what happens when a plane crashes? The oxygen masks come down. You have to put yours on first before you put yours, you know, on your children or the people next to you to help them. And I think that's how life is, that we we feel like we have to do all these things and, 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 you know, know, be, be in a space that maybe isn't so present. And we give, give, give but we don't take care of ourselves first. And I think that if you look at the book, there was three main self-help sections. One was how to really take care of yourself. You know, how do you put that mask on yourself? Two is, you know, if you're in a relationship, or in this case she's married, you know, and your marriage isn't working the way you want it to work, how do you take care of your marriage? And then mm-hmm. three, and then three, and the third piece was uh, conscious parenting. 
and I you know, introduced redirecting children's behavior, which is a very authentic and incredible parenting technique and class that you can take and intertwined it in it as well. So those three things, whether you know you can be in different spaces in your life, as you described, you don't necessarily need to be a mom, but I think you can walk away with value. And they're great topics for us to discuss, and we can kind of expand if you want on each. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So um, we wanted to start with the the self first, or let's do the self. Okay. And we'll we'll evolve through the three. Okay, so taking care of yourself for it's, it's, this isn't like new stuff, you know. What we're talking about isn't it's been around forever. You know, the great theologians <laughs> have talked about, you know, taking care of yourself, and it's even for a mom, you always hear, you know, when the baby naps, you nap, and and it's it's not new, but I think what um, what the idea with self help fiction has done is you take you're taking self help ideas and making it new by putting it in a story. So how do you take care of yourself first? And it, it starts with the breath and starting with moments that you can just really, you know, nurture yourself, whether it's the things that you love, like the main character, you know, loved to write. So she starts writing and she starts journaling and getting into a place of gratitude. So gratitude journaling um, to meditation and yoga and affirmation walks. And there's, you know, the list is endless. But I think if you're going to encapsulate it, everybody knows in their heart what is right for them and what makes them feel good. It's just getting quiet and being still to listen to that internal voice that, you know, that you can really answer that question. Yes, and it, it, to me when I was reading it, I found that the tools that you offered, like you just mentioned the breathing and the just being offering gratitude each day for your experiences and affirming you're amazing as a human being, and I see that it was really a strong way of you basically gave somebody a roadmap to self discovery. Oh. And I thought that was really, really cool. Oh, very very good. So that's when I was going through it. I was like, if someone's on a, a map of, okay, how do I discover more of who I am? They could go through that first that first area and really grab a spiritual toolkit that would unveil who they are at their pace in their way. And I thought that was really, really powerful. And that really ties into why this book is very relatable for all. Thank you for that. that yes. Was, that was, that's great that you got that because that was definitely an intention. And and I think by watching this main character kind of lose it, you know, she's she's amped out. <laughs> she's stressed out. She's got, a very, <laughs> she's got a very sarcastic sense of humor. And she's got this best friend that she's just, she, you know, she's basically saying to her best friend, I'm pathetic, how do you help me? And, you know, and I think that's the other thing in life is that when we're in that yucky space, when we're in that space where things aren't working and you feel overwhelmed or you feel depressed or you feel anxious or whatever that is, it's, those are sometimes the hardest places to reach out um, to people, right? And I think you know, the people that we love and love us back, you know, they want to help you. And that's the other lesson that she learns, the main character learns in this book, is that you, know, you, you have friends and you lean on one another and they can, they can help and they can support and they can propel and you can learn from them and they can learn from you and all that good stuff. Social support is key. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Tate, Tate definitely needed that. And she had a very well-rounded angle with the friend and the therapist. And then, of course, as she discovered her inner self and using those tools, it was really illustrated what balance could be in a lighthearted and fun way. Yeah. Good. 
So let's let's talk about the marriage aspect. And when your marriage isn't all that you think it should be, let's go through some of those tools so that people can get a glimpse of what they can find in the Book of Mom. So um, the main character, Tate, uh, starts, she realizes, like, and her friend's kind of letting her know, too, that, hey, you know, you, you, you can get help. And therapy is a great way of getting help. Um, and the, so she goes to this therapist. And the thing about the, the research that went behind this, because there was a lot of reading, is that I wanted to take a, a core idea uh, in a marriage, for example, there's always a core belief when things are not even a marriage, even a relationship, a long-term relationship. After you get through those couple years where your hormones have stopped and you're, you kind of see the person for all the pieces that they are, um, that sometimes there's things that you will rub up against you and things that you just don't like, and there's maybe a core belief of why it's not working. So in this, in this instance, her core belief is that she doesn't feel appreciated, valued, um, and supported. So her core belief is, I am not really seen by my husband, not really supported by my husband. And the irony of it, or maybe just we all know this, it's also his core belief. He kind of feels like he's not validated and he's not supported for what he does, right? Sure. And and usually that's a a common thing, that our, our core belief will be the same for one another. So how you change a core belief. So here, this is like, you know, this is what you get out of the book. And they show you how, we show you how you do it. But what what they want to do is they want to change this core belief that they're not being validated, they're not being supported. So how you do it first is you acknowledge when they are doing it right. So when your significant other does take out the garbage or does say, oh, you look nice today, or does give you any kind of, you know, approval, you make note of it. And in the book, what they, the therapist has her do is actually, you know, write it down like a journal. And then you get behind the feelings of what that would really feel like to be validated. So the next time he gives you a compliment, you really take it in and you feel that feeling of being appreciated. Because in order to change a core belief, you have to get into that feeling space. And so as she's going through therapy, she's been told this lesson, you know, more than once. But you see how she actually does do it, and she does change, and she does transform. So that is definitely a way that you can help any relationship of changing a core belief by taking the moments that are right and really holding on to them and and getting behind the feelings so that it can change. And I think those that idea of feeling invalidated and unsupported, just working with my clients, I think that's a core issue that I've seen every client have, um, just to varying degrees and for different reasons that they've, you know, developed that. But ultimately, what every client, when they come to me, all they want is to be validated and to know that they're supported in the truth of who they are. So using that in the context of the marriage was very relevant for Tate in the story. But again, that's valuable for anybody in life. Yeah. Neat. I did. Yeah, that's great. That's great that you good. Said. Yeah, it's good stuff. Wow. Well, that wasn't that. That's so neat that you said that because it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't see it outside of that. Right. So it's sure, nice to know sure. that. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yes. Yes. You're welcome. Good validation there. <laughs> and so, well, you're, thanks. So the third one is conscious parenting, and I love this because Eckhart Tolle is really hot right now. And um, we just, before we got on the show, we talked a little bit about that. But I, uh-huh. I've been reading A New Earth. I love A New Earth. I love that Oprah has A New Earth on this, 
webcast thing that she's doing. I think it's phenomenal. I think his message is just extraordinary. And I've been a big believer of, you know, living in the moment before I read his first book. So I, I, uh, I have that also in, in my book, and that's, you know, the conscious parenting piece. And basically what conscious parenting is is there's two pieces to it. One is being present in the moment with your children, and two is redirecting children's behavior, which we, we actually go into a little bit in the book too. Because um, the reality is, yes, we are, you know, as parents, you're, you can so easily get overwhelmed, and you can so easily repeat the patterns that you had when you were growing up, whether they were right or wrong. Um, and, you know, these are techniques that really help to um, bring a more conscious, evolved child up. Yes, and redirecting children's behavior, and you do a really great job. It's really about not about reward yeah. or punishment. It's it's about really, I think I see it as a student-teacher dynamic. Well said. I'm here to teach you. You're here to teach me. We have different things to teach each other. So if we can remain through that humble dynamic, it will flourish. Absolutely, and creating a win-win. Versus always a win-win. It's always a win-win. <laughs> Versus, you know, instead of going into a timeout or let me punish you, now let's both win in this, you know, confrontation that we're having. Very good, which, again, is a really important lesson for all parents. And anybody who works with children can grab from this conscious parenting aspect. If you're a daycare worker, a teacher, a grandmother, or if you just have a great passion for children and work with them and volunteer your time, again, this, this third core element of the book, the Book of Mom, it really offers tools to work with children. You don't have to be in the role of the mom to, to grab the, the gold. Yes, I, I came across uh, Redirecting Children's Behavior with Susie Walton here in San Diego, who I just think is phenomenal. And, yes. Uh, and I, when I first took the class, I thought, wow, this is so cool. This feels so right. On a visceral level, this feels how like how I should be parenting. And the connection that you get with your children is just great. It's good stuff. The key is just, you know, being consistent with it and keeping up with it. Of course, which you do a great job of reminding us through the story. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, yes. So do you find that the novel parallels your own experiences as a mom and with the lessons and the humor and just, you know, the style of your writing? Is that really your inspiration for, for the creation? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the the story is really fiction, but there's, oh, I can definitely re- relate to the main character. You know, the, the main character is um, uh, crazier. I would, you know, she was fun to create because she's, she's like when you go to that crazy place, but she kind of hangs there a lot. Which uh-huh. is kind of a fun, it's, it's fun, you know, to have a character sure. like that. Um, but, uh, so yes, I can definitely relate to it. And I, being a mom and whatnot, but a lot of the book, you know, really the whole book was fiction in the sense where I don't have a friend like her best friend of 25 years, but I love the idea of talking about friendships that are that long and how they change and how we change and how we evolve and that sometimes you don't always agree with how your friends are changing, but because there's a real core of love and history there, you know, how you prevail and move through that. So I, I, liked, I like that idea. Um, yes, and also the, the 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 men characters you know are, are very different than men that I know. I, I until you know obviously created the book, didn't know any man um, with the ailment. I won't give it away that one of the characters has. So I had to do a lot of research on that to make that authentic. Um, a friend of mine who's a doctor, so she helped me kind of with that piece. So 
there's definitely a lot, or, a lot more research that went into this book than there, there was in the first book. The first book was more about all the years of theology that I've studied and Course in Miracles and being a you know unity minister and all that. And how do you take those ideas to find your soulmate, right? And and that was just kind of much more organic where this was, you know, physically interviewing people and doing research and writing stuff down. And then um, actually I did a focus group before I wrote this book. I did a focus group of 27 moms and basically said to, to these moms, hey, what do you want to read? If you have time, what do you want to read? And it was a lot of great things actually came from that focus group. So, What a great idea. What an inspiration. That's a wonderful idea. Well, to really pull from, you know, people who are in their real-life experiences and then maximize and integrate all that plus your own wisdom and experience. And then it, here's the result, an amazing novel in the Book of Mom with the pink and white cookies. And I'd like to let our audience know, if you'd like to purchase the Book of Mom, you can do so on www.amazon.com today. And you also can find on the web um, some great information about the book and about Taylor and other great information at www.bookofmom.net. And in reference to your first novel that you just mentioned was, you know, really just developing from your theological and spiritual quest, that that information can be found at www.thewhatifguy.com. And, of course, we had Taylor on in the past on Evolution Revolution with The What If Guy, so you're welcome to listen to that interview in our archives as well. We'd love to have you do that. And, you know, the press company, The Nautilus Works, you can explore their information, their possibilities at www.thenautilusworks.com. And that's your own creation, correct, Taylor? Well, actually, no, that's a collaboration with um, a, a large pu- publisher, Harcourt. Harcourt was really the, the meat and potatoes behind the book. And um, and that was just what, what the Nautilus Works was, was really how to brand and get extra marketing and publicity out for the, the launch of the books. It's a great, great tool. I, I, I love it. I explored all three websites. And, of course, bookofmom.net is just really valuable for this book. And it offers a lot of information, has some reviews on there, and it leads you to Amazon.com to purchase it. So go ahead and explore if you have any questions or are interested in more. But the actual release was set for Mother's Day. But yeah, actually May 1st. Okay, uh, May 1st. So we're allowing people to, to get the book today at www.amazon.com. That is phenomenal. And then they can purchase it for gifts for Mother's Day. Yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. So I noticed that you dedicated the book to your mom. I Tell did. me about that. Yeah. There's a there's a chapter in the, the book where the main character, um, you know, talks about her mom dying, and it was very similar to my own. My mother died before my my kids were born, and so. Um, but I feel like she's very present in my life, and being the book of mom, I I felt compelled to to dedicate it to her. And so, was her inspiration? Was there inspiration from your experiences with her throughout the book? Uh, was it her inspiration? I think um, the inspiration came from a lot of different places, but. Uh, I wish I, I wish I could be as a good a mom as she was in a lot of areas. She's much more patient than I am. She's so uh-huh. I think she would be, you know, kind of a, a mentor mom in some ways, but definitely an inspiration. 
And she's definitely very present in, in your children's space and in your space as a clairvoyant. I can see that she's a little. She's showing me like a little flag as a leader, so she's very around. <laughs> wow! Thanks for that. Oh, sure, sure. Just the the little reinforcement. Sometimes we need that because spirit isn't so tangible. Yeah, so true, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. So I noticed on the website, bookamom.net, that you have a daily inspiration that people can check in with. And today's was miracles represent freedom from fear. And I loved it. I wrote it on a little (laughs) sticky and I put it on my wall. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Good stuff. I love A Course in Miracles. It's the best. So each day you'll you'll bring a quote in from there that, that people can really use to help their spiritual process. I, yeah, absolutely. A Course in Miracles was something that came into my life um, like in 1986 or something like that. And I just loved the idea of A Course in Miracles. Wow, cool. How do you get miracles? <laughs> I thought at the time, you know. You know yes. Sign me up for that. I went, no kidding. Like, me who too. Could get the miracle? Exactly, right. And it's, um, it is that in some ways, but it's really so much more. And it's... Um, it's there's a lot of pieces to a course of miracles about you know we're not separate from God, and that uh, within us you know radiates greater than a million suns, kind of like the Buddhist idea, and I really like that that we can shift our thoughts from a fearful place to a loving place, and hence you know that shift is is a miracle. So it profoundly touched me, and it's one of those things that I can always go back to. I think we all have a tool in our life that we can always go back to, and it always makes us feel good. It makes us feel whole. Like the Bible is like, like that too for me. There's um, parts of the Kabbalah I like. There's certain types of Buddhism I'm really I really read. Certain you know um, stories from Buddhism that I really really like. So there's a lot of things that I like to pull from. But the Course in Miracles for some reason I I tend to always go back to that space. I can completely relate. I'm very integrative with information, especially with a research background. It's like, okay, give me all seven sources, and then I'll take a piece of gold from each one and integrate it with my own premise of truth. But what I found with The Course in Miracles is it's very neutral. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. I don't feel like it's telling me how to live my life. It's offering me an energetic insight of wisdom, and then it just naturally integrates, and it just flows. It just feels right for me, and it doesn't feel... Sometimes I can perceive some of the, um, you know, religious doctrine with a, 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 an idea of how I need to do something, and I just don't get that from A Course in Miracles, which is really fun. Yeah, well said. I would agree with that. I concur. Wonderful. So if you're not familiar with A Course in Miracles, you can find it on the web at www.acim. Dot org And its goal at ACIM is just to teach inner awakening to the awareness of love's presence in both the self and others. And most of the teachings surround the idea of forgiveness, which will lead one to spiritual awakening. So can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. (laughs) Wonderful. So one of the benefits of the Book of Mom is that you bring A Course in Miracles into a fiction dynamic. There are many books that integrate the wisdom of A Course in Miracles, but most of them that I've come across are more based on the way that they impacted their personal experience and, and it's a nonfiction form. And so I really like that you bring the truth into a fiction space because then people don't feel like there have to be in that logical analysis of themselves through the entire book. Absolutely. 
So that's really a perk of, of, or one of the many perks of the Book of Mom with the, with the wisdom that you've integrated, and I thought that was really, really beneficial. And, and you also, I must mention, did that very, very well with the What If Guy. Thanks, you know, thanks very much. You know, you know what inspired me? They're, they're calling this genre self-help fiction, but it's been around. I mean, do you remember the Celestine Prophecy? I think they did a movie not I do. too I long do. ago, actually, on it. And I love that idea. You know, that's a really cool story. Uh, you know, he, he self-published, and because it was so kind of cutting edge that, you know, how can you, how can you take self-help and a fictional story, and where do you put that on the shelf? Do you put it under fiction? Do you put it under, you know, metaphysical? Or, what, you know, what do you do? And I thought sure. it was so – and there's a lot of other books, like The Mutant Message also had kind of a, a similar idea. And I love that idea of kicking back in, if you don't, you know, if you don't feel like being self-helped, if you don't feel like, you know, learning about A Course in Miracles or feeling the love or trying to forgive or, you know, figure out how to, you know, deal with your marriage or whatever it is, or raise your children or be more balanced, you can just kick back and you can, and you can read the story and you can be entertained. So I really like, I really like that concept. Yes, it's very much of a natural integration process. It's effortless, which is the truth of spirit. Nice. Yes. So how do you create balance for yourself? You know, uh, a lot of the ideas from the book are are similar to myself. One, but but she kind of gets to that place, which I'll have to disagree a little bit. Sorry, that wasn't really well worded, but let me say it this way. One thing that helps me every day is meditation. And, And in the book of Mom, she comes to, you know, know about meditation. But I came to know about a meditation when Deepak Chopra used to have uh, his center here in, in La Jolla, California. He used to open it up in the very more early hours of the morning where you could have a free meditation, like a guided meditation. And I did this like 11 years ago, and it was amazing. It was very, very powerful for my life because I couldn't really meditate. I really had a hard time shutting it down and being in that quiet pace, place and going to that woo-woo space and all my friends who meditated, you know, go to, I'm like, how do you do that? I can't get my mind to stop thinking about stuff. So that really was one thing that helped me. And I think the biggest freedom from that is that everybody's mind, you know, filters through thoughts and feelings, and, and it's hard to quiet your mind. But when you do, and you do it consistently, and you really spend time honoring that quiet and that stillness and that present moment wow amazing things happen um life tends to just have like more space and it's almost like time stops and things yes. things fit in and things that you worry about you don't worry about as much and things that you wonder will they happen they happen naturally so for me you know meditation is a way to just kind of get plugged in and it, it gets me into the flow and I don't take myself so seriously or my kids or my husband too seriously. I take life just as it's brought to me. And it's, I think, one of the things I'm a huge advocate of. But I have to tell you, it took years to get into that place where I could do it. I, I do it probably three times a day, where I could do it every day. And then you kind of get addicted to it in a good way. And it's it's pretty cool stuff. So what would you say to to a mom or somebody listening right now who's going, okay, I'd like to meditate, but where in the heck do I start? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good question. Where do you start? Well, everybody has 10 minutes somewhere in their day. If You, you know, it's hard for moms, especially with little kids, because they're basically waking you up, you know, before you want to wake up. But if you can find 
you can. You can if you can find that ten minutes in the morning, that would be like the real key. And you get it and how you do it is maybe your your child is doing something else or they're quiet and you can be quiet if there's if they're with you or if they're off to school and you find a comfortable space that's sacred and some people do like ceremonies where they like light candles or they burn incense just to kind of get them in that mode or you know read some you know read something that's very inspirational or poetry or something that really inspires you to kind of get into that space and then you close your eyes and you quiet your body and quiet your mind and you quiet your mind in a bunch of different ways some people use a mantra or you say a word over and over or you just try to find that gap in between your thoughts and you just hang out there. But the real thing is it, it, you just got to do it. It's kind of like you need the butt glue. Just you know, stick your butt down and just do it every day. And if you can do it for 21 days in a row, that's key. Because you know, 21 days creates a habit. And once, yes. you, and once you meditate, oh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I know this sounds woo, really like out there, but I'm telling you, it is one of those things that your heart rate, your, you know, is better. Your, you know, the way that you think seems clear. It's really extraordinary stuff. I'd have to agree, and that's probably. I think what the universe did for myself was about. I was about 18 years old. I was in a psychology course in a local community college, and my professor happened to be this great hypnosis uh, teacher. She did cool. hypnosis workshops. So she took me into. I decided, oh, I'm going to go to this workshop. I'm so excited. She made four tapes for us. It was like oh, my gosh, I just found the answers to life. <laughs> I was so excited. But, again, somebody really led me into the space, and, and it was just its a tool that I use. I mean, I use the tapes daily still. Nice. To just say, oh, it's great. And it was so exciting. About a week ago, I actually took my mom, which was so fun. She'd never been to one. And we went up to the college, and it's 10 years later, if not maybe 12 years later from my <laughs> original experience. And it was so cool. She's doing the same thing. She's doing age regressions, but she's still doing it with these youths. So, People are getting plugged younger and younger at the importance of the meditative balance in their lives daily, and that is just so inspiring. Nice, nice. You know what? You just you just made me think of something. You can actually download all these meditations on iTunes, and I mean we've come so far in being able to get self help tools out to us immediately. And, yes. Um, and I that's that's another idea that you can you can do but for me I think and also for men I think men have a harder time I don't know I don't want to make that generalization it's just in my experience that men tend to do better with moving meditation and so yes. there's something about nature also yes. where you can yes. you know be looking at the ocean or looking at a tree or looking at the whatever it is nature also gets you into that present moment that quiet that can really take you to a real place of peace Yes, and that can be just the ocean, a local lake, you know, going for a walk through even just a neighborhood with some trees. It, it doesn't have to be hard just to let, just to inspire people who are thinking, well, where in the heck is nature? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I also am a nature fanatic, and that's another integrated tool for me was journaling each day at sunset. That really helps me because I was very logical, extremely high energy, and the most probably impatient person I had come across about 18, 19. And so it was like, how in the heck do I steal, my, just steal the wheels of my mind to, to get them to slow down, nice. to allow this space to come into my life? Nice. And I think nature was a big, big part of it. And I, I, at the time in the relationship I was in, he said, wow, I'm so inspired that each day you have the, the dedication to go stare at the waves. 
And I thought, well, if I didn't do this, I might not be able to make it through the next week because <laughs> you don't know what I'm going through in life. But it was just, again, a really powerful tool. So it really is finding what resonates within yourself, what feels right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. good. But good. I, think, I think meditation, nature, gratitude, journaling. And here's, I know, here's another thing. There's something about, like, I don't know about you, but that morning air or that evening air, mm. you know, and it's yeah. – I don't know how to explain it any other way. I know that when I have to, <laughs> that sounds so silly, but I'll have to like throw the garbage out like first thing in the morning, which I wouldn't ne- necessarily do at that time. I wouldn't necessarily be outside at that time of the day, but you are. And there's something about that morning air that just stops you like and puts you in that present state. So it's could, true. It's almost like the transition from the busy, busy day yes. or the super still night. Yes. And I use that kind of maybe as analogous, like if we could just take those moments to just, get out of our life, so to speak, to grab that oxygen, that air, that morning air, or that moment to ourselves and, and breathe. Because the real, for, for me, meditation always comes back to the breath. And oh, I know this sounds very basic, but it is so profound that when you just slow down and really hear your breath, it, can, it does. It just does that. It slows you down and it keeps you present. And, and I talk a lot about the breath in the Book of Mom and also the What If Guy because for me that is just it's the instant thing when I'm like crazy later, crazy lady, I just think think about your breath and I go back to my breath and it puts me in that in that moment versus being in my head, so to speak. Yes, and we in the Western world are trying to integrate that for probably the last twenty or thirty years from the East. They are so good about the breath. They are so good about that focus. And so if we can grab that piece of gold and bring that into our Western philosophy and vibration and fast-paced life, if we can just remember, if you're in the car in traffic, just take three deep breaths. It'll all be better. (laughs) Absolutely. Very good. So what is your inspiration to write, Taylor? That's a good question. What is my inspiration to write? I think my inspiration to write goes to a deeper inspiration or my deeper purpose in life, and it's like my mission statement of life. And that is, how do you bring consciousness? How do you bring non-denominational spirituality? How do you bring love and peace into this world, into the you know main arteries of media, and get it out there? Because I'm selfish. I like to see this planet at a really beautiful place of peace where we're all getting along and there's no war and we have enough money and we're, we're all doing the things that we love to do because I think it's a possibility Buckminster Fuller you know has said, said that and so many great you know futurists have said that and I believe it and so I, I want to and I want to be a part of that I want you know yeah. and, and how I want and you know I how I want to be a part of putting my peace out there it's through writing so writing for me is really hard. I, I, I mean, if you were to look at my SATs, you know, when I went to, before I went to college, math way up there, verbal well. <laughs> so it was, it's been something I've really had to work at, really, really hard, you know. And and with the first book, trying to get it published took a really long time, and um, and it was this process. But it, it goes back to the purpose, and the purpose is really about how do we bring peace and consciousness and love and, and all this stuff. We all want it. You know, I think we all want it that at the core. How do we do it? So I think, sure. I, I think that's the inspiration. 
And I, I just want to validate you here that so there's this group of people that we call indigos. It's just a label, but it captures the evolutionary phenomenon that we are looking for more out of this earthly experience than materiality, which leads us to spiritual spirituality or the truth of who we are. And I would say that you are communication indigo, oh. and that would align with your innate desire to really raise consciousness both individually and globally. Wow, cool, thanks. Yeah, so keep up the good work. You're right on path, right on your mission. And, you know, all the people who are drawn to you through the What If Guy and the Book of Mom and, of course, your upcoming experiences. I'm so excited to talk about that in a minute. But, you know, just really will gain. And each time that they encounter your truth, it gives them the permission space to live their own truth. And then it's a domino effect. Wow, well, thanks. That's, you're, so, yeah. you're so generous. I appreciate Good it. Good stuff. I'm so excited. So we're talking with Taylor Wilshire today, and we are discussing her latest novel, The Book of Mom with the Pink and White Cookies. You can find it on the web at www.bookofmom.net. And I want to let people know where, they, how, where and how they can connect with you in some upcoming events. So I'm just going to go through these real quickly. So there's a Warwick bus to L.A. Times Book Festival coming up on April 26th, and the bus will leave at 7.30 a.m., return at 7.30 p.m. And then you'll be out in Chicago on May 2nd at Transitions Bookstore, coming up on May 10th at Warwick's in La Jolla at Estancia Hotel and Spa at 10 a.m. And again, on May 17th at the La Jolla Public Library at 2 p.m., And on June 7th at Barnes & Noble in Mira Mesa, which is in San Diego, California, at 2 p.m. So go get the book and make sure you come and bring it to one of these events and you can have Taylor sign it. I'm sure you'll be doing that. And then will you also be talking at some of these um, events? Yeah, there's actually a couple more. I'm in Portland um, on May 7th, Portland, Oregon, and then May 8th in Seattle, Washington. Um, I think we're we, the the website might not be completely updated on the on the book of mom dot net net um, but we'll get it there. Yeah, there there will be there will be speaking. The cool thing about speaking about the book of mom, which we're doing even tonight, is that you we talk about what the book is about, but we really get to talk about you know tools to help our help ourselves have a more inward and outward balanced life, which is pretty exciting. And what happens when I talk? Just like when I'm talking with you, it gets kind of organic. People will start telling their stories, and I think it's when we, we share our stories that we can really learn from one another. So it's, it's pretty fun. Yes, and I think that's so true. I think one of the greatest teachers I heard said, what people want is to see your humanness, your human yeah. side, and then they'll embrace you. Nice. I know. I love it. Who said that? I love that. It was, you know, it was one of my spiritual mentors. He came from... Burma. He was Burmese, and his name was Chiello. Nice. I, yeah, I met him in Marin County. He was amazing. He he also said this other great message. I'll plug him. He said, "There is no way to compete in the world if you are truly on your own path, for there is only one you." I love that. I know. I love this too. <laughs> I have it like, it's like one of those things that's ingrained. It's like, okay, remember, there's only one you. So make it happen. <laughs> it's it's so true. And the one you were uh, they were we're all together. You know, it's the you know, in, in unity, they believe that all paths or all religions lead to the same source, to the same God. Yeah. And because we all are one at the core of our essence of who we are, 
So your you is my you, and you know it's it's all the yes. same. Yes. So that humanness is that that humanness is just that that core of a, us all. That oneness. It, it, it's so true. It's important that we each play our unique role to really optimize the outcome of the one result. Yeah, and I feel like now because. You know, times are kind of tough right now for for folks with, you know, what's going on with the economy, recession, price of you know gasoline and and milk, and just war and uh, just all these changes that are going on on our planet with environmentally, that it puts us in a state. I don't want to say a vulnerable state, but a state for us to really look at our own lives, and it feels like all the people that I talk to, because you're you know you get this frequency, if you want to call it a vibration from all these things that are going on, of our life feel like they're under pressure. I think more than ever, people are feeling under pressure to be more of who they are or to believe more deeply in who they are, because if they don't, things aren't working. And I make it analogous to, you know, what coal under pressure is, is a diamond, right? So yes. all, I think we and, and this planet right now are all becoming diamonds becoming fully, if, if things aren't working in our life, if things feel stuck and distracted and overwhelming and depressing or however you want to label those emotions, it's that, it's that pressure cooker of how do we become our pure, our pureness, our best of who we can possibly be. Yes, that's a great analogy. It's like um, how do we leave the coal and become the diamond? Yes. <laughs> I understand. Yes, yes, that's great. I love it. I'll have and to I remember think, that one. And I think how we become that diamond is to, you know, is to remember that we're not just this human experience. We're not just this flesh with these emotions, but we're something deeper. You know, that we're we're something of of spirit or of love or of God, however you want to put it, or or one with the universe. Because if you look at all the atoms and particles that are within us and that from our and, and in the room and out into the universe, they they're all connected. And I think when we when we tap into that connection, um, something really magical happens. Something miraculous happens. Yes, and we're all about the miracles. <laughs> <laughs> As a course in miracles says, there is no difficulty in miracles. One is not harder or bigger than another. They are all the same. All expressions of love are maximal. Nice. I love that. I know, and you know where that comes from, Taylor. <laughs> my little card, a miracle for you from the whatifguy.com. I have it right here in the middle of my computer. <laughs> oh, nice. I hope your miracle came true. Oh, of course. Here we am on the show. Of course. <laughs> you. It's wonderful doing my passion, living my truth, and offering others a platform to share their truth. <laughs> Couldn't <Nice>. get better. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? It is, it is. So tell us, what's in store for you next? Well, this book right now, the the Book of Mom, is, it's been pretty cool. I have some pretty cool stories I can even tell you because we did a pre-launch, and what what that means is the publisher sends out what's called a galley. It's basically the book without it being perfect. You know, the the cover isn't quite perfect, but they send out these galleys, these these um, uh, these additions to reviewers and people to um, – look at it and kind of like critique it and yes yes and whatnot i get so some I, of those okay good 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 then you understand so yes. so when we sent out the galleys we had some pretty cool stories because when when i wrote this book i really the intention was to really help moms right the book a mom right and i didn't really think about 
other audiences that much because they always say when you write a book, think about it, your audience. I thought, well, I'll work with this audience. And so it was interesting. Someone got a galley in Los Angeles and read the book and wrote, as a matter of fact, we, I think we put the review, part of the review on, on the website, the bookofmom.net website, and basically said, if I had read this book a year earlier, I don't think I would have gotten a divorce. Because what happened wow. was he looked at his, and I first heard this, I thought someone was joking. I'm thinking, how can my book you know, be that you know, you know, impactful? This guy was probably just ready to hear something. But what he said was that he saw his wife, who was a stay-at-home mom, her role differently. He saw what she did differently. And he saw that, you know, that if we take the moment to acknowledge the good in our partner and we start to really feel those feelings of when they do something good for us, we can change that core belief. And I, when I heard the story, I was profoundly rocked to my knees because that was, you know, the intention is if you can just touch one person in a way, then you've, you've done it all. So I, I felt really moved by all that. So when you say what's in it for me next or what's the next venue, really this next venue is to, is, is to get this book out there and hopefully have another story like this man's story. Because yeah, that's, that's so fun. Because that's what it's all about. It's you know, it, like you said, it's just sharing each other's stories and and telling each other where we are in our life. And you know, sometimes it isn't all rose petals, and and that's okay because when you when you get to that place of sharing and communion, you know, something can shift. So I'm really excited to be launching this book, the Book of Mom, and talking to moms and parents, obviously, and people. So that's cool. So that's going to be going on for a while. Um, the what if guy? I think I might have told you uh, there was in Hollywood, and there's they, they, were, they were looking at movie for that book, and that's still a possibility. So we might revisit that, and that same possibility could happen for this book too, because it's just the way the first book went. But that's in process, and it's a it's a really really long process to go novel, you know, to movie. And then the the third the 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 project that I'm working on right now uh, for my third book. It's a book, it's a really intense book. It's called Mental, and it's about this woman who was, it's based on a true story, by the way. It's a true story about a woman who was institutionalized 25 years ago, mentally institutionalized, and she wasn't mentally ill. And um, and she was, it's kind of like pretty gnarly stuff, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and how she lived through it, forgave the people who put her there, and led this amazing, successful life. So it's a much more intense book because a lot of it you're in the institution, but it's really a much more it's much more powerful. It's not as light as these first two books. These first two books are very fun and light, and you're, they're meant to laugh out loud and be very fast-paced. There's a ton of dialogue in both books, where this third book is going to be more like literary. So those are pretty much all the projects. That's exciting. And, you know, with the third book, I'm already seeing pictures in movie form just clairvoyantly. So it's really it's really validating to see the pictures. People will want that. You know, intense dramas make great movies because people can relate to the intensity in their own experience. And, of course, they're always intrigued at the unknown in another. Nice. That's the yeah, human, you know, you're, the human you're, way. You really are psychic because – if I could tell you all the background with what's going on with the books, it really makes most sense for this third book to kind of go movie first before the other two. So, And I see that. I do see that. That may be the, the uh, leader for the other two to follow. Yeah, well, you know, it's cool. I've totally let, I've surrendered it. I've totally let go of the outcome. And I just basically wake up each day and see what's, you know, what the day is going to endure. 
Um, but that's cool to have some kind of glimpse on that. So I appreciate that. Thanks very much. Oh, sure, sure. And it just manifests what you desire, whatever that may be. And then, of course, as you said, always detach from the outcome because spirit knows best. <laughs> it's so true. That's, so that's, that's, I think, one of the key things that I've had to, you know, come to. And I think that all people at some point in their spiritual quest have to say, okay, you know, this is very humbling. There's something bigger than me. And I just have to see it how I see it and then hope spirit brings it to me in a way that is even more beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so true, you know, but it's, sometimes it's hard when you're in that, like we were talking about a coal, you know, under pressure is a diamond. Like sometimes when you're in that pressure cooker, it, it feels overwhelming and it feels hard to detach. It feels like your, your, your little brain is saying, well, what should I do? What do I do now? What do I do? What do I do? And I think that's the when we do the undoing, you know, and start being, being present in the moment and being, you know, one with the things that are around us, that that's when you can detach. And, and, and that detachment comes from, you know, faith or belief or just trusting. And I think once you get to that space, things do flow. Yeah, so many of the things we're talking about are principles that you presented in the Book of Mom. Yeah, thanks. Yes, yes, so very important. Taylor, it has been so awesome to share all this wonderful information. I want to let people know, again, they can purchase the book today at www.amazon.com. It is The Book of Mom with the pink and white cookies. Of course, my favorite cookies when I was a kid. (laughs) I love the cover. (laughs) Very exciting. Well, authenticity offers human beings the opportunity to express their inherent divine talents and gifts and therefore create the change this world is ready to see. Mothers, children, and all human beings deserve the time and space to nourish and develop their higher selves in the highest and grandest love and light. Support yourself and others on their inner journey today. Coming up next week on Evolution Revolution, I'm excited to announce that Neil Donald Walsh will be appearing to discuss his latest book release that is a a component of his series, Conversations with God, Happier Than God. On May 1st, we have Chrissy Blaze appearing to discuss the inspirational teachings from 1958 called The Twelve Blessings. She's also the author of six books, including Power Prayer. On May 8th, Adrienne Windsor and her practical book, Seven Tools to Transform Genius into Practical Power. From the School of Metaphysics, Dr. Laurel Clark will be appearing on May 22nd to share about her latest book release, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization. And coming up on May 29th, Albert Clayton Galden will be appearing, author of Signs and Wonders, and You're Not Who You Think You Are, a blueprint for retrieving your authentic self. And our lineup for June, again from the School of Metaphysics, Daniel Condren and his consciousness with the book The Emptiness Sutra and the Secret Code of Revelation. That's going to be a great one. On June 12th, Karen Sawyer will be appearing with her amazing compilation of spiritual leaders in her wonderful and very well-rounded book, Soul Companions. On June 19th, Dr. Susan Carroll will be reappearing on Evolution Revolution to discuss Volume 2 of Becoming One, People and Planet, a revolutionary look at the interconnectedness between the planet and man. Please join me in the upcoming weeks. 
Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage. Archive shows are available 24 hours a day at no charge and include amazing talent such as Dr. Barbara Condren, Jeff Brown, Dr. Susan Carroll, Anna Maria Hemingway, Charles Virtue, Michael Tamura, Marla Martinson, Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, Dr. Betty Young, Taylor, (laughs) and Paula Marie Jackson. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere across the globe. If you are interested, please contact me at lightforall at gmail.com, or you can find my bio and contact information on the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.sedonatalkradio.com. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. So, Taylor, thank you so much for joining me this evening on Evolution Revolution with your phenomenal book, The Book of Mom. I'm so grateful. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Wonderful. We, we look forward to having you back in the future to share your upcoming novel. I'll be and, my and pleasure. potential movie. Good, good. Wonderful. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting Evolution Revolution. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and light this spring and always. Angel blessings. Good night. <laughs>